Welcome to episode 35 of the Balanced Working Moms podcast. I'm Rina Misha, and I'm so glad you're here. If you're a busy mom like me who's trying to manage it all, you're in the right place. In this podcast, you're going to learn secrets on how to live your life so you feel a bit more balanced. Thank you for listening and welcome to today's episode. Today, we're going to talk about stress because we're stressed, right? (laughs) There's just no question about it. If you're a mom, you're stressed. And if you aren't, you probably wouldn't be listening to this podcast. And it's really interesting because our lives are already pretty much capped out on stress. It feels like it can't be more stressed than we already are. But sometimes things happen and it's a stressful situation and it adds stress onto an already stressed life. I kind of picture it as a layer. So we have all these layers of stress. We have our responsibilities, we have our kids, we have work, we have our life, (laughs) we have everything that's going on. And then an episode happens and you add stress onto an already full plate of stress How do you deal with that? And we're going to talk about that today because this happens to everybody. And there are ways to deal with it to make it a little more manageable so that added layer of stress doesn't maybe topple over your whole entire life. So let's talk about that today. Hello, my friend. It's so good to be in your ears again and to talk to you. I really love this time. It is so special for me when I sit and I tell you my thoughts. And I thank you so much for listening and for being here with me. And today's topic is so good because this happens to all of us. I don't know anybody this doesn't happen to, but we're already stressed, right? We're already stressed. And then something happens and it just adds to our stress. And today's episode came about because I decided to foster a dog. So you all know I'm vegetarian. I really love animals, but I've never actually lived with an animal. I did not have an animal growing up and I'm just not used to them. But of course, it's COVID time. So my kids really, really want a dog. So I decided let's foster a dog, you know, maybe that'll be good enough. Or maybe we'll see, maybe we really will want a dog. I don't know. So we went through the whole process and we found an amazing place to foster our dog with. It's actually the second place we tried. The first place, it just didn't feel right. Nobody talked to me. It was all through the computer and it just didn't feel like it was a good fit. But this other place seemed amazing. They talked to me on the phone. They did a home visit to make sure our house was appropriately set up for a dog. Everything felt so right about this company. But it's in the middle of COVID and everybody wants to foster a dog. So it's really, really hard to actually get a dog to foster. So they send these emails and you have to respond right away, like (laughs) within maybe 10 minutes. If you wait, somebody else is going to get all the dogs. So I took a day off work, and it was my first day off work in literally almost a year. And I get up early, I know, 
That's sickening. But anyways, I get up early and I see this email that was sent at 4 a.m. And they have a whole bunch of dogs. And one dog, they said, was a lab and it was from a correctional institution. So I'm thinking, oh my gosh, this is our dog. This is our chance. You know, labs are such nice dogs. And I'm sure it was a comfort dog to an inmate. And I'm thinking, this is going to be a perfect fit for our family. Now, (laughs) there's some foreshadowing. The dog did have heartworm, and they told us that would mean that the dog would have to be in his crate. We couldn't be very active, but the dog is fine, and the dog would probably recover, no problem. They told us the dog was three years old and was really good, and there were no issues. (laughs) No issues, right? So we were so excited. I mean, I was like a little kid. I couldn't wait to go pick up this dog. I went with my husband and we could not sit still. The kids kept calling us because they couldn't come because of COVID issues. They weren't allowed to come with us. So we come and the dog comes into the car and he is just the sweetest dog. (laughs) He's this big lab. He's 65 pounds and he is just loving on me. And I'm thinking, oh my gosh, we're never going to give this dog away. This is just the perfect thing. But then things didn't go so right. Things weren't adding up. This dog that had heartworm that was supposed to just rest, he couldn't seem to rest. He was so active. And the place contacted us and they said, actually, the place where we got him from lied. He's not three years old. He's one years old. He's actually a puppy, and we don't actually take puppies with heartworm because it's very hard for them to sit still. And here we are. We don't know what we're doing. We've never had a pet before, and we have this very active dog who can't really move around. He's not supposed to move. It's very dangerous for him. And we started having other issues, and it became very obvious that this dog had not been a comfort dog. He wasn't from where they said he was, and he was a really sweet dog, and we loved him so much, but we couldn't handle it. And let me tell you, my stress level went up through the roof. You know, the kids are so upset because they love him so much, yet it's really obvious that we can't handle him. We don't know how to take care of him. To tell you the truth, he was doing some behaviors that made me actually very, very scared. I know that if I was seasoned, I wouldn't have been scared at all, but I was scared. Here was a dog that they said had been in a correctional institution, and the dog was growling and acting not like a comfort dog, shall we say. It was really stressful, and I was just so upset with myself. I remember I was in my room. And I was so upset. And I said, what have you done, Rena? Life is already so stressful. We're in the middle of COVID. What are you doing? Why are you adding to your stress? I was just so upset. And I felt like I could not handle this. And it just felt like it was all too much. I'm already stressed and I cannot deal with this added stress. And this kind of thing happens all the time. You know, put the story aside, the actual incident doesn't matter because it could be anything. It doesn't have to be fostering a dog. It could be an angry conversation with somebody 
whatever it is, it just feels like our stress cap is full. If we were a bottle of something, the bottle would be full with the stress and there's just not room in the bottle for more stress. So we're going to talk about what do you do when this happens? Because it's going to happen. Now, for this episode, I just want to be clear and I want to say that we're not going to talk about trauma, okay? So if the stressful incident is a traumatic incident, that needs a therapist. We're going to talk about normal everyday-to-day stuff, like the example I just mentioned. Things that happen that, frankly, it's just unavoidable. It's a part of life. If you're breathing, a stressful event is going to happen. I know we all try to avoid it, but it is going to happen. Now, let's talk about how you physically feel when this happens. Because let me tell you, I told you already, I was literally hiding in my room. I was so stressed out. I couldn't even handle it. And I noticed that some physical sensations were happening. First, my heart was pounding because I was literally afraid. I didn't want the dog to attack or bite. And I was, I was scared. So my heart was pounding. I noticed I wasn't breathing deeply. I was breathing shallow breaths. You could also notice maybe your chest hurts. Your head may hurt. Yesterday, I had a day. I had a really awful day. And by the end of the day, I had an awful headache. So that's really, really common to have a headache. Your stomach may hurt, especially people who are younger, like younger kids. Their stomach often hurts when they have a stressful situation. You may feel nauseous. You may sweat. I notice that when I'm really, really upset, I literally do sweat. And then here's what happens. And here's the problem because you literally can't focus. So for me, that's going on during the whole COVID. I feel like I can't focus on anything. I don't know if you feel that way also. To me, that's one of the most irritating things of being stressed out is not being able to focus and get stuff done. You may also notice you have sleep issues. For me, sometimes I wake up in the middle of the night and I can't go back to sleep. That's just my go-to. So when I'm really stressed, I'll wake up at 2.30 or 3.30 and that's it. There's no going back to bed. So that's how you may be feeling physically. So just notice, now that I've mentioned it, just notice, do you have any of these symptoms? And all that, my friend, that was just physical. Now let's talk about some of the mental symptoms you may feel. First, you may be in a bad mood. (laughs) I'm sorry, this one made me laugh because that's me, okay? When that stressful situation hits, it is really hard to be in a good mood. You may also ruminate and replay in your mind over and over again what happened. And this one is my absolute favorite. And that is you may beat yourself up. Because we all do that, even though we try not to. I would say that I'm an expert on this one. You should have heard what was going through my mind with the dog incident. I totally blamed myself. It was my idea. I was the one who volunteered. I saw the email. When this happens with you, you may blame yourself. You may say, oh, I overcommitted. Whatever it is. As a mom, we're really, really good at blaming ourselves, aren't we? 
You may also notice that you're angry. I also get really angry when this happens. I was really angry at the foster coordinator and I had a really hard time forgiving her. Like I kept telling myself she's overwhelmed, (laughs) whatever it was, but I was angry and I'm usually not angry. So this was definitely a sign that I was overly stressed. So what's happening is that all this stuff is going on physically, mentally, emotionally, and because your stress level on a normal day is probably at about a seven or an eight, when you have a stressful event like this, it's now at a 12, right? (laughs) You're beyond anything. So what's the answer? Here's the real answer, and this is really for another episode, but the real answer on how to deal with this is to get our stress level lower to begin with. So we really shouldn't be going through life with a stress level of a seven or an eight, or like I described, like a full bottle. We should not be doing that, my friend. That is not healthy. (laughs) We should be doing things every day to get our stress level lower. But that's not today's episode. Today's episode is a more realistic one. Because the realistic mom is the one whose bottle is already filled with stress and she cannot handle more stress. So what do we do when that happens? Because we're being very realistic today. So the reason why I described the physical and the emotional and the mental symptoms of stress is because I wanted to describe to you what's going on in your mind. Everything I was describing was a symptom of fight or flight, right? So you would need everything I was describing if I was a tiger and I was coming after you. You would need your heart pounding. You would need to sweat. You would need to be awake at night and not sleep. You would need all these things. You may even need anger to get you up and moving. All these things are there to help you. (laughs) I know I say that all the time, that our body is trying to send us a message and help us, but it's really true. Our body is not the enemy. It really wants to help us, but the problem is that, of course, there's no tiger, there's no lion, and these stressful situations, they just keep coming over and over again. So let me tell you what I did how I skillfully handled my stress over the dog incident. So first I went to the kitchen and I ate some fabulous gluten-free Oreos from Trader Joe's. Then I cried. (laughs) Then I locked myself in my bedroom, as you already know. Of course, I couldn't sleep because I'm still scared for my family and everything going on. I couldn't focus. But you know what? I did not handle it skillfully. And that is okay. (laughs) That happens. But let me show you something different. Let me show you a different time when I handle things a little more skillfully. I live in an older home. It was built in the 1950s, and it is always having things go wrong with it. And for the past couple years, we have had so many leaking roof issues. I can't even begin to tell you. And we call roofers and the roofer says that the roof is fine. I don't even know. It's just not a good situation. So eventually, we just had a new roof put on. We had the top quality roof put on. It cost about $8,000. 
We really, really trusted the roofer. He seemed amazing. His father was a roofer. Everything seemed amazing. And he promised us. He said, listen, I'm going to replace all your skylights. I'm really going to do an amazing job. I know what I'm doing. You're not going to have a single issue with the roof. (laughs) You already see where this is going, aren't you? So the day after he finishes, we have a really, really bad storm. And let me tell you, it is raining in the house. It's not just a little rain. (laughs) We have buckets, buckets of rain, and it's in a place it's never leaked before. We've had so many leaks, and this was a total new place. How did I handle things when that happened? This time, I actually handled things really, really well. To tell you the truth, I literally started laughing, and I'm like, oh my gosh, it's raining in the house, (laughs) just like that. And I handled it really, really well. I called the roofer, and I was so kind to him. I said, I know you did your best, but something isn't right. And he came over right away, probably because he's not used to people being so polite when this happens. But he literally got in the car and he came right over. He wasn't able to fix it. He really didn't know what the problem was yet. But I stayed chill. I'm like, whatever. And that night before bed, I relaxed. I journaled. I listened to some calming music. It was a total different scenario than what I described earlier. And why did I do this? Why did I laugh? Why did I journal? What was going on in my mind? And what was going on is I knew this was stressful. We had just spent thousands of dollars and I could have easily gotten stressed out. But I wanted to stop that fight or flight Because the problem with acute stress, and acute is like when it's an episode, it's not an ongoing thing. So the problem with acute stress is that it does throw us into this fight or flight. So it's really, really important to turn that off, to get rid of that response so we can function, so we can be polite to the roofer so he actually comes to the house and takes care of the situation. So when that episode happens, when you're already stressed and you get this stressful thing happen to you, your goal is to stop that fight or flight as quickly as you can. Get out of that sympathetic nervous system and turn on your parasympathetic nervous system. And the parasympathetic, that's the normal nervous system that we're supposed to be in throughout our day where we could think, where we could digest our food, where we could breathe, you know, (laughs) all those things that we need to do to live. All right, so now let's talk about how do we do this? How do we turn off our fight or flight and turn on our parasympathetic nervous system? And the answer, my friend, one of the best ways to do it is breathing. I know, right? (laughs) So simple, you're doing it anyway. And what I love about this answer is you can do it anywhere. So the stressful episodes I mentioned happened in my house, but that doesn't always happen in real life. Sometimes you could get stressed out at work. (laughs) That never happens, right? Or you could get stressed while you're driving, whatever it is. And these techniques, breathing, I mean, you're already breathing. So let me show you what to do. 
So the first technique is so simple that I promise you can even do it in a meeting, okay? And in this technique, what you're going to do is you're going to breathe out for longer than you're breathing in. So the way I like to do this is I like to breathe in to a count of four and breathe out to a count of six. Very, very simple, right? You do that a few times and let me tell you, it is so magical it may just calm you right down. And I usually do this for maybe a minute. It's not usually for that long. And even in that minute, let me tell you, it just calms me down and it centers me. And it's just such an effective technique. And like I said, it's so simple. It's ridiculous. The next technique is especially good if what you went through was extremely stressful. This next technique takes a little bit of time, but you're not going to believe how effective this is because I actually did this when I was having my babies, okay? So I had unmedicated childbirth. I did not even have a Tylenol when I had my kids and I used the Bradley method and with the Bradley method, they want you doing progressive muscle relaxation and I actually practiced this for months before having my babies. And then when game time hit and I was ready to push out those sweet babies, I was ready. I knew how to do the technique and I knew it relaxed me and it is so incredibly effective. I can't even tell you. Actually, I will tell you a little story about my birthing (laughs) because it was such a beautiful time. So when I had my first baby, I actually got to the hospital And they did not believe that I was ready to have this baby. They're like, she's laughing. Something is strange going on. She needs to be sent back home. So they put me in triage and they check me and they're like, oh my God, get a room. She's about to have a baby. I had already been in labor for about 24 hours before I got to the hospital. But the breathing technique was so powerful that in between contractions, I was fine. I was just laughing and happy. And they had never seen anything like this at the hospital. And it was very interesting because there was somebody there who was a student. She's a nurse. She was training to be a nurse to help in the delivery room. And she had never actually seen a birth that ended well. She only saw births that ended in trauma or whatever bad things. I don't know exactly the mom being rushed to surgery, all kinds of things. And they begged me. They said, can she please watch your birth because we want her to see a happy birth. And it felt a little weird, but I said, okay. And by the end of my birth, she was just crying. And she told me, she said, based on my birth, she actually decided to become a midwife. And that was really, really powerful for me. And it wasn't me. It was this breathing technique, okay? That's my birthing story, and I love my birth story. But anyway, here's what you do, okay? Again, it's very simple. I'm not teaching you anything that's really hard to do or that you need a PhD to figure out. So what you're going to do is you're going to lie down. I always do this lying down, but I guess you don't have to. I like to. And you're going to concentrate on your breathing, okay? So that's the first thing you're going to do. You're just going to focus on your breath for a few breaths. And then what you're going to do is you're going to progressively relax your body. 
And to do this, you can either start with your head or start with your feet. I like to start with my feet. And if you want, you can even tense up that body part, okay? But you don't have to do that. It's actually a lot more effective if you do. So you tense up your foot as much as you can, and then you let it go. And you say to yourself something like, my feet are relaxing, my feet are relaxed. And then you go up and you do it with your calves and you tense them up, tense, 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 and you let it go. And you say, my calves are relaxing, my calves are relaxed. And you move all the way up your body. And just notice when you get to your face, because a lot of tension is actually in your face and you probably don't even realize. For me, it's especially in my jaw. So focus on that jaw area. And when you're done, if you choose to tense everything up, tense up your whole entire body. And it's going to feel so delicious when you let out that tension. Now, if you don't want to tense anything up, you don't have to. Again, you'll just do the progressive relaxation. So you'll say, my feet are relaxing. My feet are relaxed. And then you'll move up your body just like that without the tension. And you're not going to believe how peaceful you feel. If you've never done this before, you really do feel peaceful. And like I said, I had two unmedicated births by doing this technique. It's that incredibly powerful. So let's summarize this episode. So essentially, when something stressful happens, it's activating your fight or flight, your stress response. And when you feel stressed, you're going to think that you need to ruminate. You're going to think you need to eat cookies. You're going to think you need to curl up in a ball and protect yourself. But the problem with these techniques is they do not stop the sympathetic nervous system from activating. So what you need to think about is what can you do to turn off that sympathetic nervous system so that you can function again? And then go ahead and do whatever you can do to turn it off. And you know what? A combination of things is even better. So like what I did when it was raining in our house and I had soothing music and I journaled the next morning I did yoga. So anything you can do that will activate your resting nervous system is what you need to do. And this practice is very, very important. Because when you are in that fight or flight, you can't think. You're not the best mom. You may yell and scream. Because why are you yelling and screaming? Because subconsciously, you're trying to get rid of that fight or flight energy, right? You're trying to get it out of your body and you may not be doing it so skillfully. So what you want to do is you want to be intentional. You want to really focus on how you can calm yourself down so you can function and not be stressed out. So I have a free printable for you. One of my favorite ways to just maintain my stress level and keep myself from getting stressed out are essential oils. So I have some of my favorite diffuser blends for you, and you can use them to create an environment that reduces your stress. I really, really love essential oils. You know that. I actually put some on just before I come talk to you. Right now, I'm wearing some frankincense, and I was a little tired today, so I even put some peppermint on my forehead, 
and it just makes me feel calm and chill. So I actually do essential oils as preventative. So I keep that bottle of stress as low as I can. But essential oils are also amazing when you have that stressful episode that comes and that challenges you. I hope today's episode has really, really helped you figure out what you're going to do next time that stressful situation hits. Because unfortunately, it always does happen. But now you have some tools in your belt. You can focus on that breathing. You can focus on anything you can do to reduce that fight or flight. And that is going to make just a world of difference. I hope that bottle we mentioned of stress is totally empty for you. But if it's not, I hope you'll use some of the tools that we talked about today to reduce it so you could be calm and more balanced. Thanks for listening today. If you enjoy listening to this podcast, come check out my one-on-one programs where we take the challenges you face every day and learn to deal with them so you can be calmer, less stressed, and of course, have more balance in your life. Go to balancedworkingmoms.com slash services. Have a wonderful week and I'll talk to you next time.